0: The Ten Commandments are set apart among all the laws of the Bible. Do not murder. That one's easy. Do not steal or commit adultery. Those are pretty clear. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Can that one be optional? When it comes to God's main commands for his people, have we lost the significance and importance of the Sabbath? Do we approach this command as if God doesn't mind us not following it, or it's only for those extra spiritual people? Maybe this is God's prescription to stress and anxiety that we experience in our daily life.
1: The importance of this topic in this episode is huge because this is impacting all of our lives personally, and it's impacting what we're doing with students and their families. We need to talk about the Sabbath. We're going to get into it on this episode. I'm Jeff Eckert.
0: I'm Jason Brewer. And this is the Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome to the Thought Factory podcast. We are grateful that you are joining us today to listen and to join us in the discussion on the Sabbath and the importance of it. If you have not checked out the last two episodes, we've discussed anxiety and stress kind of leading up into this this topic of Sabbath because we are experiencing stress and anxiety. The students are experiencing these things and almost at a higher rate than normal. And so we wanted to discuss those two topics, but also have it be a lead-in to the topic of Sabbath, which we are discussing today.
1: Yeah, yeah those episodes are important, and we... We know from working with students that they are stressed out and there's a lot of anxiety, there's depression. I just read something the other day, it was on the Christian Post, where they were saying, um, CDC, I believe, was saying that between 2007 and 2017, that suicide rates amongst 10 to 14-year-olds has tripled. And it's up like 76% during those years with middle and high school students older. So we know it's a huge deal. And it's got big ramifications for what we're doing. So you need to go back and listen to those because those are important for us to know. We want to help students. We want to try to understand where they're coming from, what's going on in their in their minds. And then today and the next episode, episode, in terms of us really thinking about this one and not doing it, sometimes we'll think of one, usually plan out quite a bit ahead. But this one, we've talked about doing this for a long time. And I think this is the first time we're doing this topic. As, as I believe it's been I'm over
0: a year. We brought it up into a, a recent podcast where it's, it was briefly mentioned, but we knew that we wanted to talk about this topic for well over a year because it's just a significant topic.
1: We've mentioned it, uh, yeah, here and there. We've said, hey, we should do an episode on that on I think and off the air, but here we are. We're going to be talking about this really, really, really important issue. And uh, I think as I mentioned in the last one, This is one of those deals where I remember for years ago talking about money with students, like 15 years ago, and that was kind of unheard of at that time. And this topic, I feel like, is the same thing. I feel like it's just coming to the surface. We're going to be hearing more and more about it because we need to. I think a lot stems from our failures in this area to understand and to practice Sabbath. So we're going to get into that and talk about what that means. And um, so I'm excited about that. Also, we we bring you up to date every week on what's happening for our event next summer, Claim your campus twenty twenty. We call it a moment to mobilize a movement. It is a call. It's a time to make our voices heard as believers. Uh, make them heard before God in prayer, and then just make them heard in culture where we can make our voices unite as adults behind these students and let them know we care, we're supporting them. This event's going to be amazing. We want you to be there. We want you to bring some students. So look us up on Facebook, uh, Claim Your Campus. You'll find the latest updates on a daily basis, as well as our website, ClaimYourCampus2020.com. It's happening next July 4th weekend in Kansas, right in the middle of the country. It's that whole weekend where it'll be feel like a music festival, but we are equipping students to go back and to show and to share Jesus on their school campus. And momentum keeps building. People are getting on board. It's going to be phenomenal. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime event. We hope you can make it. Again, questions can be answered on our Facebook page. You can connect with us there, or there's a lot of questions answered that you may have on the website, claimyourcampus2020.com. So that's coming up. All right, let's get into today's episode. And Jason, let's start with just discussing the current state of the Sabbath.
0: What is the current state of the Sabbath? The Sabbath what I think is what I even mentioned in the beginning is this tack on to our faith where we look at a lot of the laws that God has placed before us, before his people. And we can, we can look at some of them and be like, Oh, absolutely. I will not murder. I will definitely not lie, you know, and, and that's wrong. Yeah, for sure. And then we come to the Sabbath and it's like, yeah, uh, that's for really extra spiritual people. Uh, it's not really for me. I uh, I don't really need to take a day of rest. And so it, it's it's almost this I don't I don't need to live by that one rule.
1: In their adherence to the Sabbath in the in Western American, especially probably evangelical or Protestant Christianity, they're very countercultural to most people that they would know that are Christians. It's a it's counterculture to live that way. We're just not used to thinking about, okay, this day's different than every other day, and I'm going to live differently, I'm going to do different things. And what we're going to do in this episode is talk about the definition of what is the Sabbath. Let's wrap our minds around Next episode, we're going to talk about what can we do to, to just practice that in our daily lives. And again, we're going to be talking about this directly and indirectly, but as we talk about this, we're thinking on two levels here. We're thinking about personally, our own lives, and then we're thinking about how do we help our students understand this issue of the Sabbath?
0: Because I, I think people don't understand exactly what it, it is. Uh, when we are saying we're going to define it, it, to help us understand what God's intent was, what we should be doing, how we should practice it. And and if we don't understand it, then it's like, well, is it just a day that I go to church and that's it? But like the rest of the day I can fill up with things that I have to do and work and all that stuff or I just don't even bother taking a day off and I work seven days a week and and you know there's even this thought of like well that's that's Old Testament stuff it doesn't really apply to my life now it's Old Covenant it's not the law that really should matter in my life now and so there's those arguments because people don't understand exactly what it means
1: and and what you said earlier, I think this idea, yeah, it's for a lot of people they treat it as optional. And I know I've done that in my life too. Things really changed for me 4 years ago when I went to Israel for the first time and we were walking down the street and I saw a sign that said open 24/6. And I kind of <laughs> chuckled but I'm like that's that's how they live over there. And it really changed my perspective on how important the Sabbath really is. I remember in our in our hotel in Jerusalem, they had a Sabbath elevator that would stop at every floor, the doors would open. So on the Sabbath, when you got in, you didn't even have to push the button because hmm. that was considered work. Now, that you may look at that and go, that's a little extreme, but it proves a point that that it's something that invades every fabric of that society. And I think as believers, what you brought up, that question, is its is it antiquated, is it outdated, is it something that was only in the Old Testament and then when Jesus came and, you know, fulfilled the law that we don't have to worry about that anymore. and uh, and I think there's a really good biblical case for why Sabbath is a universal idea.
0: Now, the root meaning of the word Sabbath and rest is referred to in Genesis, meaning to cease. After spending six days in creation, God's creative work, He ceased from his labors. And so we're wanting to take a look at the biblical aspect of the Sabbath day is built into creation.
1: So some people would look at that as a little bit of a sidetrack and they would say, well, you know, this is some people are convinced or question is this a poetic section of scripture that's not really meant to be interpreted literally. I think one of the good cases for it being a literal 24 hour day is the fact that. It's mentioned there, and then you see that woven throughout the rest of Scripture, this idea of six days, one thing, the seventh day is different. So Genesis 2, it says that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So he put a special blessing or grace upon that day. He made it holy, sanctified it, basically set it apart from every other day. And he did that after he created Adam and Eve in the garden. So he didn't make human beings slaves to the Sabbath, or or do it to hurt or burden them, but he gave them a holy day, one out of seven, in which they could rest and worship for their own good, just like he did.
0: Yeah, you're looking at the six days, and Adam and Eve was created in those six days, and then he said, all of creation was, was good. Now I'm going to rest after all my work. And like you mentioned, you could look at it and go, well, was this a hypothetical, a poetic, expression of how the world was created well when you look at other aspects and you move to the the Mount Sinai you look at Jesus and his reference he references creation so it's not just what happened in the Old Testament in Genesis but when you have Jesus referencing the creation story you you got to take it a little bit more seriously then
1: yeah it adds a lot more credibility and weight if you didn't need it already right it's there as a reinforcement. Then we see it in Exodus 16, before the Ten Commandments, before that law was given in Exodus 20. We see it there, too, that Scripture says the people of Israel were gathering up manna, the food provided by God. And that extra, that sixth day, they were to gather double. It was set apart. So again, this is pre-law. We're talking about stuff that's pre-law. Creation and now even in the wandering in the desert from the people of Israel
0: pre law of the Ten Commandments to think like When you think of the Sabbath and it being a law It's in the Ten Commandments and what you mentioned it's Before that experience that Moses had on Mount Sinai with God and it being inscribed on stone tablets the people of God was following the the creation story of six days of labor one day of rest You gather six days of manna, which occurred once a day, and then on that sixth day, you gather twice as much. So then we see that not only
1: does God then take it from a principle and a practice, but then he puts it into a tablet of stone, like you mentioned. So he gives the law to his people. And and Jason, you mentioned something off air that I never thought about, but you talked about how he, and you mentioned this in the introduction, he set it apart from the other laws and by writing it in stone. And the other laws were transcribed through Moses they were given. But these 10 things were giving were given to Moses directly by the hand of God when he received. Yeah, it. by
0: the finger of God they were written in stone. That's the only time that God interacts and gives us these laws directly. The other ones were written by prophets and and you know the pen of human And they were also set apart
1: inspired by God yeah inspired by God but there's something different it's on stone
0: yep and so um, but and these tablets were the only ones that were set in the Ark of the Covenant all the other laws were outside of that and so there's something significant set apart with these Ten Commandments and and as we look at the Sabbath the reason we're even talking about the 10 commandments yeah it's in there but i think it's significant that it's in there and we have to go why is the 10 commandments significant and set apart if they're set apart and so so significant then we need to look at all of, all 10 of them and abide by them as much as we can and, and
1: the, yeah and they're not optional right they're all to be they're all to be revered and obeyed we are to, to live our lives and, and apply them, our lives, to this law rather than the other way around. They were given to us, and they were given to the people of God as a sign of the covenant. You know, when he brought down, when Moses brought down those two tablets, the traditional view of that is that he had five on one and five on the other. Actually, they were direct copies of each other. God was taking a, a human tradition, an idea of making a covenant. It was an ancient idea of a contract. It was a little different, a little bit more significant, a little bit more personal, but basically he was saying, I'm making a contract, a covenant with my people. You get a copy, I get a copy, and that's why Moses broke him, because he saw the people breaking the the law already, the covenant, so he broke him. In other words, hey, this is no good, and God said, no, we're still doing this. I'm still going to keep up my end of the deal. So this is a covenant agreement with his covenant people, which includes us today, which means it's a sign of what we do when we live for him. And God points it out. He said, the covenant sign with you, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to be your God and I'm going to you know, provide all these things. And the sign for you that you're in my covenant is that you're going to take a day off and you're going to practice the Sabbath.
0: I came across something where I thought it was actually kind of funny where when we're talking about God's laws, we don't we don't create a series like or a message on teaching your students not to murder like we don't we don't actually create some message that tells the students not to murder or why it's good not to lie um but we don't discuss the sabbath but i think we need to discuss it more and teach and and show how this is not an optional thing and this is something that that God commands, and he takes it seriously.
1: I'm trying to think of the last time, Jason, that I've heard an entire message on the Sabbath. Now, I've heard bits and pieces, but even that, even talking about Sabbath, I've I've just rarely heard throughout my life a teaching on that. But I'm trying to think of if I've ever heard an entire message on the Sabbath. I heard someone say back in the 90s, one of my professors in college, he said, Back then, he said materialism is the most ignored sin in the church. And what I would say today in our society right now, I think the lack of Sabbath is the most ignored sin in the church. I think we, it's just so off our radars. It's like I said earlier, it's so countercultural. And we need to start talking about it. And to do that, that's why we're doing this episode. We want to understand it. I feel like we've even lost the meaning. And it feels really complex to try to take this ancient law and idea and to apply it in this modern world and society where things move seemingly so much faster than they did in the past.
0: You know, we look at the actual wording of of the command, the fourth commandment in Exodus 20, where it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in it in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here, it shows us that the reason we should observe a Sabbath day is that God rested on the Sabbath day and made it holy. It goes back to creation.
1: Then it goes on in the New Testament. You know, in Mark chapter two twenty-seven, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. There's a story around that scripture, but the idea is that Jesus is saying this is a gift. This is a gift to us. Uh, it's not It's not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be like what you mentioned earlier, Jason, in Genesis, when God gave that as not a burden but a blessing to them. And so Jesus mentions it. Then we see it in Hebrews 8. Um, God promises that all members of the new covenant will have the old covenant law written on their hearts so that they will obey God faithfully, not just because they see it in writing but from their heart. And he says about the new covenant, I will put the laws into their minds and I will write them on their hearts. It's a continuation of of the law. We don't ignore the law. Some people go, Well, you know, when Jesus came, we can kind of ignore all the Old Testament. Now we look at the laws. You mentioned earlier, you know, the ceremonial law, you've got civil law, and then you've got moral law. This is definitely in that moral category. It's unchanging, it's universal, it's timeless. This is a part of what it means to walk with God, is to practice and live out a Sabbath.
0: Right. There's hundreds of laws in the Bible, and in Hebrews it's saying the old law is written on the hearts so that we can obey. It's referring to the ten laws, the significant ten commandments, not all of them. It's the ones that we need to abide by, and the ones that we automatically go, oh, yeah, that's wrong. Like, we can look at murder and be like, yeah, that's wrong uh committing adultery yeah that's wrong when you tell a lie that's wrong why is it wrong well it's it's in us yeah and so the sabbath is also a need in us that we need to abide by so
1: let's get into the next segment here when we come back we're going to talk about the difference between work and rest and why did the sabbath day seemingly change from saturday to sunday we're going to talk about. All right, let's get back into it. Let's talk about the difference between work and rest. It seems simple, but, man, this, this, is, uh, this is something we're going to just try to, again, flesh out what the Sabbath means. I think the first question that comes to mind, though, is who moved the Sabbath? Now, you may be listening to this and going, well, I thought Sunday was the Sabbath. But actually, in the in the Jewish life and practice, even to this day, and it's always been this way, is that Saturday is the seventh day. And if you look at a calendar, you may not have realized this, but Sunday is actually on every calendar. It's the first day of the week. Now, um, there's some controversy, and a lot of things we won't know because we weren't there, but Emperor Constantine of the Roman variety back in 321 was the one that, that declared Sunday to be the day of rest. And here's an interesting thing for you to consider sometime. Is think about how much influence Roman culture has on Christianity today, not just through the Roman Catholic Church, but in this instance is a huge one. Now, some people would say, um, I remember getting a flyer years ago. I was standing on the street for something, and some guy came up and handed me this flyer, and it was pretty out there. Uh, it said that the sign, the sign of uh, the Antichrist, was moving the Sabbath. It's is a it was a Kind of a new concept for me. I was like, "Wow, this is," because it's you know you got we got to remember that that our, the enemy of our souls is always trying to flip things around. And I think flipping the Sabbath, you know, some people really think that still is a major, major, major deal. That's why you have the Seventh Day Adventists; they practice the Sabbath on Saturday. And I'm not we're not going to get into that here, but it's just important to note that it did change. That our culture, even though our calendars, um, Say it's the first day of the week that, you know, your typical believer in America, especially, we can kind of speak to our own culture here, treats Sunday as the seventh day of the week, as kind of the last day, even
0: though it's technically the the weekend. Right. You know, instead of the beginning of the week. That's right.
1: So that's important to know that up front. But let's talk about um, the difference between work and rest. We saw that in Genesis. You know, God worked then he rested, he gives that to his people.
0: Well, you mentioned just by being in Israel, you, you talked about there was a Sabbath elevator. So that would automatically bring you up because of the work. Like we start to go, well, what is considered work and what is not work and what is rest? And there's probably a lot of arguments of is things work? Well, no, it's my day off and it's a, it's my chore that I have to get done around the house. Is it work? No, I'm not getting paid for this. Are you resting? And so there's that argument of like, what, what's considered work and what's what's not? What should I be doing on the Sabbath? Should I be sitting around for 12 hours doing nothing and and just praying? You know, and if you have that in your mind of what the Sabbath is supposed to be, then you're going, no way, am I going to observe it because I don't want to sit around for 12 hours and and pray the entire time. And so we wanted to just discuss some of the concepts of the difference between work and rest to just help us understand the approach of sabbath and and what would be restful versus what would be work.
1: So we've got some some phrases here we want to throw out and talk about. So work, for example, would be more of a have to do mentality whereas rest would be more of a, a get to do mentality.
0: If something in your schedule is like, man, I have to do this. I have to get this done. That tends to come across as more work. It may cause stress. It may cause the uh, I, I can't just rest, I have to do something. But when it's it's rest, it's like, oh man, I get to do this. I get to do my hobby. I get to paint. I get to have the time to do blank.
1: So next phrase, work is connected, rest is disconnected.
0: Thought there is is you have to be connected, you have to be on, you have to perform, you have to be connected to people when you're working and rest is just disconnecting from the world disconnecting from all those demands and disconnecting from the responsibilities so that is the the difference between work and rest in in this moment
1: you can almost flip it around in a sense where also on the sabbath you're disconnecting from every from kind of your normal world and you're connecting with god in a in a more significant way that's that's focused and intentional. All right, next phrase. Work is productive, rest is protected.
0: Work being you have to produce. You have to be productive. You're getting paid to produce something. So, you're you're moving that needle, you're you're moving the ball down the field, you're you're working towards getting something accomplished. But rest being protected is like you're protecting your time, you're protecting the time that you have with your family and protecting them from working too much. And so you're just kind of drawing it more in and and saying this time that we have needs to be protected. I'm not going to accept an assignment. I'm not going to accept an appointment. I'm not going to accept this work. I'm going to protect my time in this restful period. Next phrase
1: work is track. Rest is trust.
0: In the hours that you spend at work, you're tracking what you're doing. You're tracking the hours. You're tracking your goals. You're tracking a lot of things. You're making sure that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. But in rest, you, you're trusting that things will get done despite this day off where you aren't tracking. You aren't trying to get things done. You are trusting in God saying, I trust that I will remove myself from this work, the things that need to get done. That by taking this day off, I will then still be able to accomplish it once I get back connected into work.
1: And here's a paradox to think about, that rest is actually a discipline. That that taking time off, taking time away, disconnecting all the things we're talking about here, what we're doing is we're disciplining ourselves not to do something. And that is one of the most difficult things for a typical American that has a driven personality, is to say, I'm purposely not going to accomplish something. I'm not going to to get done what I normally do, because we tend to do whatever is put before us. And because we live in a an on-demand world, somebody can send us a text or an email at any time, and we can be forced in that moment to say, do I respond to this? And I think that that discipline of rest is is something that's so good for us, because I believe one of the reasons that God built it in is to remind us that we're not in control. I think the Sabbath, really a lot of it, not it doesn't just have to do with rest. I think it's a reminder about who's in control because like you said, Jason, we live in a, a world and, and all of us face things where we just cannot get it all done and we can't manufacture it all on our own. And so when we discipline ourselves to rest, we're saying, I'm not in control of my life. I'm going to stop even though I have a million things to do and even though it's, my to-do list is piling up in the face of that in the midst of that you're saying I'm stopping and doing nothing for a day that's that again that is so counterintuitive to us as humans but it goes to the core of who we are and what we're about if we're about God and doing his work and living his way we have to stop and go All right, I'm not in control I'm going to trust what you have to do next
0: We have work is create, rest, enjoy. The thought behind that is we are creating with our hands. We are creating with our minds. We are are producing again. And we have six days to do so. And the rest is what can I enjoy that I have? Instead of creating more on the day of rest, can I enjoy the hobbies that I have? Can I enjoy the things that have been created throughout the week to be able to... uh, be restful and be able to just enjoy what God has already given us on that day.
1: And that that's a mere reflection of creation. And I love that. Love that because we create during the week. We create from creation. And then we enjoy what we've what we've built. That's yeah. a that's a good way to look at it. All right, work, stress, rest, de-stress.
0: Work being there is this. Times that stress occurs you are stressed to get something done you have deadlines you have things that need to be done and you are working towards the end of the day and you get done and it repeats and you go man it could be very stressful the day of rest is you are de-stressing doing things that doesn't cause stress on your your mind and on your heart and you just are able to again disconnect rest and de-stress so that you can approach the next week with the ability to handle the stress load.
1: Here's the other thing is in terms of even physiologically, when we stress, when we stress our lungs, when we stress our muscles, you know, our muscles literally tear when we stress and when you lift, when you you do resistance training. But then when you stop and rest, that's when it builds and grows. And I think it's true with this. When you stress, you know, things are tearing, you're kind of pulling things apart. But then when you stop, you all of a sudden, that's where the real growth happens when you're not doing anything. It's kind of weird. Again, a little bit of a paradox is kind of counterintuitive. But when we stop, when we de-stress, when we rest, things are growing. Yeah, the mentality
0: us. is that I have to keep going. I have to keep working another day. I have to get it done because it's, it's demanding. And, and so we don't realize the stress on our lives. If we don't have that moment to Retract and de-stress. We're not really able to handle the the stress load that continually comes.
1: And and the next one kind of goes with it. Work we we exert ourselves. Rest we restore. It's the same idea. Same
0: idea, right? You know, it's we're exerting what we have, our abilities, exerting our energy. We are getting tired, but rest is what's going to restore that that energy, restore our our minds, and restore our our ability to then exert back. You know, we are in the ministry and we work with a lot of people who are in the ministry as well. And and exerting means uh, spending a lot of energy with people. And some people are extrovert, some people are introvert, but it is the idea of when you are exerting into people and always pouring into people, then are you ever taking time to restore that energy and be able to uh, have enough poured back into you to be able to pour back out to other people.
1: Last one is work is those are days of pay. Rest are days of play.
0: Yeah, just a little play on words. You know, obviously the six days you're getting paid for what you're doing. uh, That is work related. And then on the day of rest, you get to do what the things that you enjoy doing outside of the work hours.
1: I live in a small little town right outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, just a few thousand people. I think there's like 16,000 people. And just recently, this sounds weird in our modern day, but it's a small little town, but our, our Ace Hardware and our local ice cream shop just opened up on Sundays within the last year. And uh, being a, in a, a very conservative community, that was a big deal. A lot of the, a lot of the old school folks... In our little town, we're kind of like, you know, why are we doing this? And it's something I didn't even think twice about. You know, I, I'm, I, am connected more in my world outside of that little community where I live, you know, more in the in the city in the metro area of Grand Rapids. But it's interesting that even in our world today, there's still these barriers that seem to be moving when it comes to Sabbath. And I feel like all of us are touched by this, and we all have to consider, and we all have to look to God's word. You've heard. What Some of the things that we've talked about and said, but especially in that first segment, there's a lot of scripture there. What does a Sabbath, what is it? What does it mean? And what do I do as a result of that as a Christ follower? Um, One of the best and simplest and easiest definitions that I heard, and it's uh, from my former senior pastor, Wayne Schmidt. He would talk about it as a no-load day. A Sabbath is a no-load. You carry a load throughout the week, And then one day a week, you don't carry a load. You just, you rest. You, you know, you don't burden yourself with what you normally do all the time. So the next episode, we're going to talk about how do we do this? We've talked about what it is now, but we're going to talk about how we do this. And I think this is where the rubber meets the road for us. And if you're listening to this and, and maybe you felt this conviction, like, wow, I've not ever really even given serious consideration to the Sabbath then we're glad that you heard this, that you're walking through this with us. Because like we have said, this is not an option. It's not for extra spiritual super Christians. It's for all of us that are Christ followers. What do we do to live out the Sabbath? And we're going to get into that in our next episode.
0: The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at NeverTheSame.org